Hey everyone, Clint Butler here from Digital Ear, and welcome to episode 53 of SEO This Week. This week we're going to take a look at some copywriting tips for your content, call to action buttons, SERP display changes, and PPC changes, and AdWords that everyone should probably know about. All this and more on episode 53 of SEO This Week. All right, we got a good list of uh, content to look at. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get started. First, we go over to johnbloomer.com. If you know, he does a lot of the Facebook PPC stuff. As a matter of fact, he's probably recognized as one of the better or the expert in Facebook PPC, which is why we highlight him so often. Now, he is getting into video. And the reason I'm showing this to you is because a lot of small businesses and SEO agencies we all know that we should be doing a video, but let's face the facts. It just takes a long time to make. Like, like even SEO this week, we compile the articles, we list them out, we write the blog post. Then we got to cut the video and do the recording for that, which takes, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending on, uh, you know, the amount of stuff I want to talk about. And then you got to export it out of your, out of this screen capture software after you edit it. So you're looking at, you know, two or three hours of video uh, in the format that we're doing it. John has proposed a pretty cool thing. Now he's doing it on Facebook videos, but he's doing a screen capture, just a little bit of like maybe some music in the background showing how to set up one specific thing. So let's say for you know, our purposes, we're doing I don't know, SEO and we're going to teach how to write a title tag. We just screen opening the title tag, opening a blog post, going down to the use and typing in the title tag. Ta-da! We've created a video on how to write a title tag. It's pretty, you know, that's an interesting concept. I actually want to try it out. You probably burn through, you know, set a day, get 20 questions for your market, uh, and then just do 20, you know, 30 to 1-minute videos, 30-second to 1-minute videos uh, for the week. Plug them into your YouTube account and your Facebook page and, and kind of drip publish those uh, using the, the built-in tools right there. And then you're good for the whole week. Uh, so definitely something I, I think we're going to uh, try to do for us and then you know if you're a local business and you're looking at i don't know that you're a plumber or you're a dentist or you know people have questions that those 30 second videos on facebook and youtube could actually answer uh, and help you with branding will they help you with sales maybe maybe not but at least branding and keep you on the top of mind uh, which is probably just as important uh, for your marketing overall uh, the next site is Razor Social. We'll look at mind mapping for marketing. Useful or not? Well, first off, it is useful. The art, the authors, you know, that's a good title. Useful or not? It's kind of it brings you raises the question. Well, is it useful? Well, should I should I try it out? So that's pretty cool use of a title. So what basically what he's doing is going over my manager. It's a uh, software tool. We used it. It's actually pretty robust. I prefer XMind over my manager, but there are some things in my manager that you will actually find uh, maybe unique to you that you, you'll enjoy. 
there's some features in my manager that we just weren't using that it highlights this but there's some stuff you know that you know you can probably get some benefits out of it it's a little, probably more it's more expensive than xbind um but a little bit more robust too so with that being said the article goes over you know some things like uh you can flag you can add some images notes i really like that be a little feature in there you can share your mind maps and then across your team and assign tasks and tell people where your tasks are the progress through the tasks all that kind of stuff uh through your online uh, syncing functions that they have in there that's actually pretty cool you do your plans i actually use these for our website so when we're creating a silo uh, we use mind maps to map out the the website first that way the clients uh, know where we're going how many what kind of pages to expect uh, etc or if you're uh, you know you're doing like uh, let's say you have an authority site and you want to just keep track of everything you want to do it visually and just you know one big mind map uh do it that way too that's pretty cool so i like mind mapping well uh this says does it work for mind mapping i'll just go ahead and say yes it works uh it doesn't get into a lot of the application thereof uh, because everyone's marketing campaigns are different and unique and they, and they should be uh so but it does get it go into how to leverage this one particular piece of software. I, you know, check it out. I've paid for my manager for quite some time. I'm just my upgrade. Not sure on the new version yet. But like I said, I kind of do prefer XMind over it. Uh, next is Stone Temple. It's uh, the three marks of great content. This is actually a pretty epic post. Uh, that I rather enjoyed and we're gonna scroll down here if you're watching the video you'll see me doing it but if not you're gonna go and here are the three points it's is it useful is it aligned and is it unique so is it useful is basically you know that's really subjective but you if your content has to be written in for the specific audience and typically I like to do stuff I like to write content that solves a problem so what is the problem that I have is my content useful because it solves that problem so is it useful check is it aligns this doesn't do me any good for writing for a dentist site to write about uh, top 10 life hacks it make it might make us feel good uh, we might get a little bit of bad exposure and some social shares out of it but in the end we're not going to get any uh, customers out of it so when we do that, we want to make sure that we're aligning the content with the business goals uh, and the reader goals important. So we check that off too. And then is it unique? Now, I am long standing on the theory that there is so much content and information being put out there that nobody has an original thought anymore. It's just the way that you uh, present that thought, that idea that makes you and your content unique. So this you can even go so far as to, let's say you have three uh, three of the preferred practices to, um, I'm gonna stick with dentistry for this case, but three ways, uh, three preferred procedures of cosmetic dentistry. And you wanna compare and contrast those. Well, everyone else is writing about those three, or telling about those three, you're actually gonna change it up and compare and contrast. Why you like this one versus that one, why this one is better than that one, uh, that kind of thing. And that's how you can present not unique ideas or ideas, you know, like SEO. I mean, seriously, there's only so many ways you can write about. You need backlinks, you need good content, and you need on-page structure. 
Um, but you can create unique content by supplementing into that and delving into the, you know, what is the unique structure? How, you know, what here's some cool ways to write a title tag. There's a billion posts out there about how to write about writing title tags and why title tags are important, but you can add your own copywriting uh expertise into it or you can add your own dental expertise into your to your cosmetic dentistry post to make it unique to you this goes this post goes into a lot more depth than what i just did i think i gave it a good nice narrow overview though hopefully i did that some justice uh to get you to read this one it's actually pretty good i I, like i said i enjoyed it next we go to sierra interactive and what they're doing here is in they have a uh a process so they go through and they're you know they're just seeing the tests that are happening in the search results uh like the sos alerts you guys saw those hurricane irma hit and uh, maria hit and what's the other one that came um but basically what they did is they had this sos alert saying hey if you're in this area you should be watching out for uh, the hurricane obviously uh, how useful that is i really you know i I don't i can't find if you're in that area you know about it if it's a major storm you're gonna know about it maybe earthquakes kind of things those would be kind of helpful to throw those up uh inside of all of the search results um but are they only showing the sos alerts for the specific terms in which case you already know it is there so it's kind of redundant and just taking up space Uh, so I don't, I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm a fan of the SOS alerts thing. The donate to charity directly inside of the search results. Now that is cool. So let's say you, well, you know, we do uh, AdWords for, for charities. And one of our charities is Mission Canine Rescue. So if you search for Mission Canine Rescue, the idea is that it'll have a donate button inside of the search results under your brand name. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Now, they will cite saying that if your brand searches are going to drop and your traffic goes down, but if your traffic goes down but your donations go up, then it's a win for you uh, in that organization. So I think this should probably be a standard practice for everybody, especially if you are in the Google for Nonprofits program uh, or you know anything about it. We're certainly going to look at it and turn it on for Mission Canine Rescue if they allow us. Uh, I guess it would probably really depend on how much money these people are or these uh, nonprofits are kicking into the ad results too so um but we're going to try it and we're going to apply for it uh, if you're helping out nonprofits and you probably should too uh people also search for the current events section i've seen this is this is more in mobile uh so basically just kind of give you some related stuff uh for current events just to take off of the people also ask that is in uh, a lot of search results. Now this is on mobile. I don't really think it's a big deal. Probably good if you're into the news section, though. You kind of get some more uh, exposure off that way and learn some more about title tag writing and H tag writing if you follow along and do it that way, too, as well. Uh, QR code scanner update for Chrome it's interesting it's in the the mobile version you know qr codes are some people use them some people don't i can't remember the last time i've actually scanned a qr code 
Uh, I do know that the last time I did it, I had to find the app, and then I had to find another app, and then I finally found an app that worked. Uh, so I just kind of make it a habit to avoid them. Uh, go to download feature snippets. That's actually cool, especially if you are offering a downloaded product. Uh, they should I, iTunes and WordPress in here, but let's say you you know if you're have a software version, you're giving that away as a freemium kind of thing. Uh, that's a good option there. So you should probably look into that and see if it's showing up for your business. And then the AMP carousel for Pinterest organic results. That's pretty cool. If Pinterest drives a lot of traffic to your website, it does for us. Uh, so you should look at that. And then a uh, booked appointments in the search results. I guess that's if you're you know you're logged in and you have an appointment for um, at, at a specific location, and then it shows up. I don't know if it'd be that much that helpful. Uh, it just seems to me, but it'd be a good branding thing. So that would be pretty cool to check out. And then search your Google account inside of the search results. That. I don't know if I really want to do that, but okay, that's pretty cool. And then the big video player is back. It, you know, it used to be you could search for a song, and then you get the video, the YouTube, and that big old screen thing there, and you push play, and then uh, take it to YouTube. Well, now it's going to play inside of the featured snippet, which is pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully, they actually take it beyond YouTube and add the other players into the to the mix, or maybe even if you're hosting your own video on uh, uh, your website, and you can now get the featured snippet box there too. My thought process behind that is if they're watching your video and your video has the call to actions in it, and they want to buy your stuff, then go for it. Why not? You know, who cares if they go to your site at that point, as long as they're buying your stuff. All roads lead to you is the uh, line I use for that. A uh, couple of posts from Practical E-Commerce is don't forget Bing for holiday advertising. The Some things I didn't know is Bing is actually kicking Google's butt when you're looking for apparel, consumer electronics, flowers, gifts, uh, and toys. And beyond that, they're actually spending $500 more. Those searchers are spending $500 more than the searchers that are looking in the same categories uh, on Google. So I think there's a little bit of affluence there inside of Bing users that you should probably take advantage of and get your Bing PPC campaigns. There's less competition over there. There's less traffic, obviously, but less traffic equals less competition, which equals... Uh, lower PPC rates, which is a higher return on investment. So uh, I certainly check that out. And if you have products, physical products, look at the the uh, shopping tab and the shopping features. There's some extra data that you're going to have to add in order to leverage that. But I think those are actually really good for you too, uh, especially if you're in those sections or those uh, markets that I just laid out to you. I'll say those again. Toys, flowers, gifts consumer electronics and apparel uh, if you are in those markets you should probably uh, turn on your Bing campaigns now get those optimized for the holidays and then uh, eight ways to supercharge your call to action these are the buttons so basically you know Amazon they created the, their button they tested it tested the shape the size the color uh, the text, the size of the text, etc. To fine tune that, and you can still see it to this day. It changes a little bit all, every time you go in there, because they're testing it out to see uh, what's working best. And some things here that they 
that uh, practical e-commerce would like to highlight on your e-com stores is uh, just use a standard simple text on your button, add to cart or purchase. Don't get kind of you know don't get tricky with it. You don't have to uh, use text-based buttons uh, instead of fancy graphics for your button. That just you know people are looking for the text-based button. Just give it to them. That's what they want. Uh, the color on your site should should follow the design of the site. Uh, the color of the button should follow the design of the site without blending in. I noticed that a lot. You know, people are using one particular color on their site. They're using it so much, and then they make their button the exact same color. And then it, what exactly happens is it doesn't stand out. So I like to change it up a little bit. Uh, if not, go for something that's just kind of complementary yet pops. So if you have... Uh, a, a light blue choose a darker blue or even a a, a yellow or or something like that it just kind of goes with it uh, to to make it so that when people are on your site and they see it they just they know where the order now button is and that's you know especially if they're in a hurry they don't want to search around for it and and there are some more tips in here that i think you'll enjoy in the end all of these are really simple to implement especially if you're following any of the standard uh using any of the standard tools right now to build a your ecom page so i would go ahead and implement all eight make sure you're falling in line with these and then i take it to the next level and kind of play with that so on the colors thing you know change it from do some A-B testing. Maybe one is light blue and the other one is dark blue. See which one gets more clicks. Uh, and do that with each one of these eight and kind of pick it up a little bit and see you uh, squeeze every dollar that you can out of your marketing budget uh, by increasing your conversions. Next, we at the Search Engine Journal. It's Google doubles AdWords budgets and advertisers are unhappy. So basically what it is is you can set your daily budget. Let's say your daily budget is $5. And you're not meeting your goals. Or you're not getting a lot of clicks throughout, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Nothing happened. No one was searching for it. And then Thursday, they uh, Google sees that there's a whole bunch of people searching for it. Your ads are showing. You're getting clicks. So they're going to double your budget. So instead of spending $5 that they're going to spend 10 This is actually... <laughs> From Google's perspective, in trying to help a marketer out, it's actually pretty good. So, yeah, let's say you do have a low a low budget. Uh, you know, if you're only spending five dollars a day, you got a problem. You should be spending, you know, a little bit more than that. But if you have a lower budget and your words are not searched a lot, you know that through your keyword research, they're not searched a lot. This actually saves you because. Again, if there is a busy day, if there is a spike in your search results uh, during a peak period of the week or the month, uh, then you're positioned in there to take advantage of it. Google has set it so that you can't override your monthly limit. So let's say we do share uh, budgets for our campaigns. So we have 10 campaigns. We're fishing. Uh, looking for keywords. and We want to find the ones that convert. And we have a shared budget of $1,000 a month. It won't override your shared budget, but it will override your daily budget in order to account for those spikes in traffic. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a good idea. Uh, there are people, again, who are up in arms and crying about it because there are specific reasons for setting those daily budgets. So let's say you know, 
you know your track your keyword gets a steady amount of traffic you want to show your ad a steady amount of the period of that time so i think the algorithms over at google are good enough to 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 see that uh it would be my impression that the spike you know the double limit would not happen unless of course it's testing ads and it finds a winner all of a sudden and then it shows that double ads and verifies that it could cause a little bit of chaos inside of your uh, your marketing budget. But let's say you increase your click-through rate because of this. You're, you're getting more clicks. You're getting more conversions. So you're making more money. So now you're, why not put more money towards your advertising campaign? Uh, you know, you're supposed to be bringing back, what, 25% of your profits into your marketing to increase the gain of profits so why not do that with your adwords thing and i think that's where google's looking at it is uh, we're going to help you become successful uh, by taking advantage of these traffic spikes uh, and then in turn you should see higher conversions because you're doing all the stuff that we told you to do in which case you're making some more money so you can give us more money be, so we can drive you more traffic so you can make some more money so you can give us more money so circle of life um so, I, you know, just be cognizant that that process is there, especially if you're dealing with uh, a low budget or you have clients with low budgets. It might be something that you should watch out for, uh, see if it's happening to you. Next is HubSpot is Charles Bukowski's Guide to Effective Copywriting. Five tips. So the five tips really are read this, the author, Bukowski, He's a he isn't a copywriter. He writes poetry and short stories, but he writes with emotion, brevity, clarity, honesty, and style. And it kind of go, goes into some of those key points uh, and, and some things you can you know work on for yourself. It's not a very deep uh, article on copywriting, though. Frankly, uh, I kind of expect these articles to be, especially if you're going to write about the topic of copywriting, to get into these a lot deeper. Like, if you're going to write about an emotion, don't just say this author was emotional, so write emotionally. That doesn't help you in any way at all. Uh, brevity, kind of along the same lines. Clarity, you got a little bit better uh, as the article goes along. But for the most part, I think those points are, are okay and they're, uh, you know, they're on top. So I, I added this in here because I like copywriting. So you should check it out uh, and see if it's uh, right for you. Maybe you get some insights out of it. Uh, I know I got a couple, uh, but it is helpful. Uh, 127 facts you probably didn't know about video marketing is infographic. Check it out. One thing I want to point out is that they did this great infographic and they shorted it at a quarter of a size. So that is a do not. It's really hard to read. You click on it and it doesn't naturally uh, expand uh, inside of the browser. Uh, so just, you know, if you're going to invest the time and money to make a good uh, infographic like this one obviously is, then actually make sure it displays right on your website. Uh, there's a lot of useless knowledge in here, uh, but it is pretty cool. Uh, again, if you're looking for a reason to sell your boss on video marketing, there's some good resources in here uh, just so you can add to your argument plate there uh, to go for it. Uh, this one is Moz Special Notes for Service Area Businesses Amid Decreased Search Visibility. Service area businesses have always kind of gotten screwed uh, inside of Google Maps. It's which pro in turn required 
um, you know, if you have in the in the three pack, you're going to get more leads, right? Uh, because you're getting more exposure on mobile and desktop, so you get more leads being in that three pack. And so what happened is the service area businesses they were never showed in the three pack, so they said, all right, well, how about I make a local area business, meaning a like a brick and mortar thing, which led to what a lot of people call spam listings. Now, granted, some of them are spam, but if you're a service area business. And Google just won't show your business inside a three pack. Then what you know? What other recourse do you have but to uh, throw an address in there and make a normal thing? So I think uh, you know, kind of get off of the white horse that a lot of people are are on here, uh, and not helping their clients because they're they're following that white horse train. I think that this article is okay in kind of talking about how google's home service ads clicked out so basically what it means is they're verifying like electricians plumbers hvac guys everyone who does a business at your house and they're making them pay for verification and then making them pay to actually be shown in the search results under these home service ad things and they're kind of expanding that out well, they're, they're saying that they're verified now. They're verified at that location. Um, and then it in turn means that they're trusted. The The problem is, one, it's not, you can read some of the comments and that is not always the case. They're not always at that location. Uh, and plumbers are being shown for things that aren't there. The, the ad blocks are all messed up. My guess is, and I, I haven't even bothered trying it, because it's not available here is the home service ads are not available here but you're going to end up calling and you have to verify to some dude or do that in india that your local business in illinois is actually correct uh which is their in turn frustrating of and of its own because now they're going to say oh you must take pictures sir and then you got to talk about uh the 50 ways to actually get your your listing verified to someone that doesn't even understand uh, you correctly in the nuances of the English language, which, you know, that just pisses me off to no end. Uh, having to call Google AdWords or, uh, you, you know, like Google My Business Services. You get through three different people from India because they keep passing you on to the next person because their their checklist doesn't have the answer to your question. Uh, it, it's so frustrating and I can imagine that that's probably the same thing is going to happen over home services ads because it's just not, you know, cost prohibitive for Google to ho do home services ads for every city in the United States or around the world uh, and use native speaking uh, people uh, or people from the U.S. to service their U.S. businesses. People from India should be servicing their India businesses. Uh, people from Germany should be serving their Germany their Germany businesses, uh, and, and that's just not the case, uh, and it's causing a lot of headaches. So that's that's first, and then second is uh, it's kind of the way I've saw I've seen these home services as displays in the Google Maps results. Yes, you are getting pushed down in the organic results the maps are actually the ads are actually going to carousel across the top so it's not taking up too much space that said the three pack they're only showing one ad in the three pack so i think there's some still some opportunities here for everybody uh without getting into the whole sky is falling 
campaign that everyone else is doing here, especially in this article when they're highlighting the maps listings. It is not going unnoticed, though, that Google owned or was invested in Thumbtack, which is a lead generation company. Thumbtack does service these guys, the plumbers, contractors, cleaners, very well. So they got some insight into the business model, how much money is there, and then all of a sudden uh, these home service ads popped up. So I, I think it's you know it's a little bit of helping out the home services guys to actually create legitimate Google Maps uh, listings, service area listings, and help them get ranked while making some money on the, on the other side of that too. So, um, if you don't pay, uh, where are you going to be? I'm not really sure. I guess it would depend on the ad block and the pain points for the click through rates of where that's going to end up. Next is search engine land is five ways to capitalize on the Google tag manager. Uh, I actually, you know, the one here is implement structured data, and then I like using Tag Manager to implement analytics. I put a link to Google Analytics Breakthrough. It is hands down the best book on analytics and Tag Manager. Uh, I would suggest as a avid reader of blog post to stay off of the blog post until you've gone through that book. Uh, you'll see it again. It's Google Analytics Breakthrough. The link is on the uh, show page uh, to go ahead and get that from amazon if you want to click my link great i get some amazon commissions i think it's what four percent for books <laughs> uh but if not just at least go get the book google analytics breakthrough on amazon uh, check it out you will not be disappointed uh search engine journal you've been guest blogging wrong and here's why what first off here's my rant if you write a guest post or you write a, a blog post about guest posting and start it off and say it's not for, for backlinks, then you're a complete idiot. And you're just trying to take advantage of people uh, and ride this proverbial white horse uh, that you think you're, you're, you're on. It says if you're writing for uh, guest posts for links, then you're doing it wrong. That's bullshit <laughs> i had to add that in there and i apologize if you, you have some kids listening but you are writing guest posts on uh, you're writing content on other people's sites in order to do two things one is to improve your branding and two is to get backlinks to that traffic that's on those other sites those other established sites comes to you so there is no other reason to do guest posting other than to build your brand and to get backlinks. And to to say that you're doing it because you're gaming the system, that's just ignorant uh, white hat talk, in my opinion. It is just designed to dupe you as a consumer of search engine optimization and search engine optimization services. These guys are doing the same thing that the supposed quote-unquote black hats are doing. Uh, and, and it's just... You know, if you're doing it in a black hat way, typically you're actually posting quote unquote guest posts on PBNs, private blog networks uh, that other people own, and getting backlinks. So, uh, 
I, and these guys are just doing it. They're doing the same thing uh, that the, the the black hats are. The white hats are doing the same thing that the black hats are. They're just on their moral horse saying, no, we're just creating quality content for other people and highlighting ourselves and how great we are. And that's such bullshit. <sighs> Rant over. All right, the traffic is uh, there's a gain if your post is uh, guest post is correctly. So basically, if you're going to take the time to write content for other people, make sure that it's a it's in the right market. It's the same market as in your target website is, and that they actually have some traffic, and that you can see evidence that they're going to promote the content. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to promote it as well. Uh, that's probably one of the one of the costs of doing guest posting is you got to promote that article as as well. But if they don't have any traffic, then just don't waste your time. Go to sites that have a lot of traffic and take advantage of it. Uh, some things don't pay for Huffington Post, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, all that other crap. You know, there's people paying you know two to five thousand dollars to get on those sites. Those are great sites. Don't get me wrong, uh, but you can do other reach outreach to the actual legitimate writers of those pieces of content uh, and get a much better factor of article, get a promoted article. And for the most part, a lot of those where it's contributor, uh, self-contributed posting, a lot of those like HuffPost, those things aren't even indexed in, in Google. They're set to no index. So uh, no sense of paying for them in my opinion. S- build a list, find people who are actually really writing for these people uh, and just start building a kind of relationship. It's going to take some time. Don't get me wrong. And they're not going to go out there and write articles about plumbing. But if you have a relationship, maybe they have a question. They're doing a piece a piece about X, Y, or Z. You know, the latest and greatest plumbing pipes or whatever. Then they already know you. So they're going to reach out to you. And they're going to highlight you in your thing. Uh, and kind of do it that way on those. That is not guest posting. That is... Uh, public relations and media outreach guest posting uh let's say uh, seo i have seo blog we talk about seo ppc and uh web design um so if you write f- one of those three things and you write m- me a really good article and you know and you've done the research and you know that i write about seo ppc and web design uh, then your outreach process is a lot easier. You send me this article. Here, I wrote this article for your site. Would you like, can you post it? If I don't say yes, then you can send it to someone else. If I do say yes, you take it off your your pool of content that you have made, and then I start promoting your article because it's on my site, and you promote my your article because it's on my site, and it's a win-win situation for everybody. That's guest posting. Uh, if you scroll down all the way to the bottom of this post, it actually kind of gets into the meat of actually how to write a guest post. I am going to go ahead and give you the Reader's Digest version. Pay someone else to do it. So for the most part, you have to write run your business. You have to write the content for your own site. And then you have to um, do everything else that goes along with you know content creation and business and running a business. You don't have time to write 10, 15, 20 new articles about your industry for guest posting. Find someone else to write for you. If you don't have someone, reach out to us. We'll write the content for you for a reasonable price. We'll do well research. We have English writers 
from the United States and the United Kingdom that actually are native English speakers. They can write your content for you. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, take one piece of content, reach out, find out who wants it. Someone says yes, boom. And then do the next piece of content. And now you have 20 good pieces of content out there that are doing two things for you. What do they do in class? They're doing branding and link building. All right, the last article is Moz. It's by Joy Hawkins. Joy is one of the, the white hat rangers that I was talking about. They like to scare people and, and say, and they also like to, their idea of SEO for a lot of, especially in maps, seems to be if they're beating me, they must be spam, so let me report them. Kind of philosophy that I've, you know, I've kind of noticed out of Joy and her crew. However,. She does have this really good ebook that she charges $1,400 for uh, that has some great information. And so this article is actually kind of in line with that because I read, I bought, we, we bought the art, the, the, the $1,400 ebook, which I'll never do again ever. Uh, and then we also, uh, looking at this article, you see the continuity of writing in there. So it actually works out for us. But here's the point of this article people can recommend changes to your Google My Business listing especially in the uh, the Google Maps app and you can recommend changes to it up until recently they recommend changes Google look at it and then maybe or maybe not and get approved and you wouldn't even know about it until you saw the change now they're actually emailing you saying hey someone recommend these changes to you but you might not see the email or maybe it goes to the primary owner of the email, but you're the manager. Uh, so that could be a little bit of frustration for you. The key is just be aware that people can, I as a user, can go to your business, look at the hours and go, oh, the hours need to be this. And make that change or recommend that change for you. And more often than not, Google's not going to change it. But there's an opportunity there that it could. Uh, or if they do change it, you have to kind of pay attention to it because they're not going to notice. So the, the lesson here, kids, is uh, uh, claim your Google My Business listing and then also monitor the thing uh, for changes just to make sure it's, you know, it's right. I wouldn't get too crazy with it. It's not like something you got to watch every day. I just monitor it once a week, go in there and go, oh, okay. And then look at your traffic and phone calls and be like, oh, cool. I got 10, 10 calls on my map. So, and, you know, it's kind of a happy surprise thing. Just kind of get you into the habit of looking. Uh, this post is written in such a way to scare you, to say that there's people going out there intentionally all over the planet and changing your listings and trying to rip you off. And uh, they're, they're horrible, bad people. And Google's horrible and bad for letting them do it. However, comma, you know, more often than not, no one's going to change your map listings. Uh, and it's just, you know, just something to be aware of that changes can happen. Uh, and you just want to check it out. That's why you kind of add it to your weekly checklist uh, of things to do. So uh, the sky is not falling in Google Maps, regardless of what they imply. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's good information. So. All right, that's it. Close it out with SEO This Week, episode 53, uh, copywriting, SERP changes, and content. I hope you found this content uh, valuable. 
and you know, a couple of takeaways is do guest posting for branding and links, and then actually do those short videos. If I were going to pick one over the other, I would do the short videos. You can actually see a return a lot faster than you can on the guest posting. Uh, the guest posting is more of a long-term branding SEO play. Uh, and the videos kind of reach your audience right here, right now. And if you're doing the Q&A stuff, like I suggested, uh, answering questions, that stuff lasts forever. So you can do uh, you know, 20 this month, 20 next month, 20 months down the road. The next thing you know, you got a channel of four or 500 videos uh, of pure straight value driving you traffic. And maybe then you can move on to something else at that time. So. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you have a website that you would like us to highlight on SEO This Week, come to digitalear.com, click on SEO This Week, and there's a submit form there. Uh, please, 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 please only use the form if you're actually writing uh, relevant and new content. Uh, we're not going to highlight your articles from three years ago. Uh, just not going to happen. Uh, but we are going to look at everything that you send us uh, so um, please fill out the form. Thank you very much, and thank you for watching the show or listening to the podcast, uh, and have a great week.